Amen. Glad you are all here today. Let's get into some word. If you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, you can get them out and go wherever you want. Um, (laughs) I say that jokingly, but I also say it uh, in this regard. My message today is a little different, and there's actually quite a few verses I'm going to read, and I'm not going to wait for you to turn to them, okay, because in certain parts of it, it's just a bunch in a row, so I'm going to throw them all up on the screen, and you can look them up if you want, write them down if you want, you can look at the screen if you want, and uh, whatever works to get the most out of this that you can get. Everybody ready? I started a new series last week, and it is called Heaven Yes, Hell No. And so if you missed part one of the series, I certainly would encourage you, even if that's a a new thought, to actually listen to a teaching from church when you're not in church. At one point, that was a new thought for me. Why would I do that? Why would I torture myself? (laughs) But sometimes you find that uh, certain teachings and words will actually transform your life. And and you start from the inside out desiring it. Just like you desire or crave food and water and different things, you can crave the Word of God and it becomes a delight to you. And uh, see, I'm one. I I enjoy music. I like music. But uh, my kids laugh at me and stuff because I hardly ever have music on in the car because I'm listening to something and uh, I just I shifted like a lot of years ago and every opportunity if I'm at the gym I'm listening to I'm listening to teaching or something or and uh, and it just becomes food for me so I enjoy that Uh, heaven yes hell no we're talking about eternity last week I spent some time uh teaching about being eternity-minded, how we cannot live this life uh, without thinking about the next. And uh, like it or not, we're out of here in like a minute, and we're moving on. And that's our reality. The older you are, the more people you know who used to be here, who who are no longer here. And and like I said, very shortly, that's going to be you. And that's going to be me. And so it pretty smart. It will take some time to think about it and make decisions with eternity in mind uh, to be mindful of that reality every day. Now, uh, I want to, it, it might seem odd to, you, to me for me to do it this way, um, but I was considering one of the things the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 20 where he said, he said, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. And I know the subject matter we're on, at least half of the subject matter that we're on, is uh, easily dismissed or ignored or not given much thought because of the unpleasant nature of it. Nevertheless, in, in studying the scripture, I find that this is in there a bunch Jesus talked about it a lot. And there is an overwhelming number of verses that deal with uh, the second part of my title. So I want to today share with you not about heaven, yes, but about 
Yes. I can't believe you said that. Uh, <laughs> in one sense, I'm doing it this way, as, like I want to get hell out of the way. <laughs> but as I was uh, considering the best way to bring this message, at one point I thought, well, I'll do a little bit of heaven, a little bit of hell each week, and, uh, and, and that way we can uh, cover both, and, and yet everyone can smile <laughs> each Sunday. <laughs> Uh, but it seemed r- right that I should do it this way, and so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with um, hell no today, and 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 speak a little bit about that reality. Uh, many have heard of the the ostrich. Um, you ever heard of an ostrich? Uh, there's a rumor, apparently not true, but that ostriches, whenever they are in danger, will put their head in the sand, thinking. They can't see me. I, if I can't see them, they can't see me kind of thing. And, and as I'd, I've known where that phrase, bury your head in the sand, came from in looking that up, come to find out it's not actually true. They lower their heads for different reasons. But uh, you understand the, the phrase anyway. And when it comes to subjects like hell, uh, we don't want to bury our head in the sand. In other words, it's not there, it's not there. Well, no, actually it is there. And, uh, and for us to have a good understanding of it um, only serves to benefit. Even though, do we want to meditate on it day and night? No, I want to meditate on some other things day and night. But I should live with an awareness. I sh- should live mindful of an unpleasant reality that exists, right, that exists today and will exist for eternity for a bunch of people. And if I will have a biblical understanding of that, it will help me, not in a sense of fear or using it as a scare tactic, but it'll help me guide my decisions. It'll help me recognize that this whole important subject, this subject of eternity is very important. And it sometimes it'll, you know, it'll motivate me. It does, it does motivate me to share Jesus with people. And I hope that's the outcome of, uh, of, of today as we get into some of this subject. Um, it's unfortunate, but sometimes people speak of hell in a very careless way. You know, when someone is angry with another person and their way of communicating, they will say things like, go to hell. And if they really knew, if they really comprehended even with someone they're pretty ticked off at, they wouldn't wish that upon them. Because that's a reality. People will say, uh, will joke and say, well, all my friends will be there. Uh, If they are, I hope not, but they're not enjoying themselves. Um, There's songs about it. People sing about being on a highway to hell and and there's this mentality to just kind of laugh about it, kind of blow it off, and treat it like it's just a big party. That's where, that's where the party's going to be. Heaven's boring, and hell is where it's happening. And no, no, that's, that's, that's not the case. I even, I even recall recently uh, seeing a photo, a picture, of a woman in some kind of I don't know if it was a parade or a protest or something, holding up this sign uh, saying, going to hell and proud. And I thought, "Mm, you don't understand what you're saying there. 
you don't know what you're what you're doing and it's our job to educate to help people know I don't mean it's our primary message it certainly isn't but is it part of the message it really is if it doesn't exist a lot of what we're doing doesn't really even matter but it really does and so I, I've been studying uh, some of the the words used and it's surprisingly it's all over the the book it's all over the Bible hell is spoken of quite a bit uh, Old Testament New Testament Jesus spoke about it a lot but let, let me give you some of the information there are a couple words that are used really a few words that are primarily used to describe it and as I read the word I find that there is a current hell and there is a future hell all right there is something that currently exists where people are and going now and then there is a place in the future that everyone will be moved to all right the words used in the Hebrew remember Old Testament translated from Hebrew that's the word Sheol alright Sheol and then the New Testament word is Hades you've probably heard that word before uh, many times in the in modern translations they don't even uh, translate that into hell they just leave the Greek word there and it just says Hades uh, but Sheol is a word that that Strong's, uh, James Strong's was a Hebrew and Greek scholar and he defined a lot of these words uh, from the Bible and Sheol is a, is a place that basically he, he said is the world of the dead okay it's translated as grave as hell as pit in the Bible and then then the New Testament counterpart to that word is the word Hades alright Hades would be basically speaking of the same thing and and it said it says in that dictionary as well that this is a place of departed souls a place of departed souls and it's also translated grave and hell now because of that because how how that word can be used um, as a word for grave sometimes people have said and they've taken on this theology that hell is not really a place where people go or people exist it's just talking about the cemetery it's just talking about a you know a tomb a grave um, however if you if you read to any depth whatsoever you recognize that that grave as we think of like a cemetery cannot be what the Bible means by that word uh, because there are events happening there there are people conscious there and and you'll see that as we go but that that would be a way that some who are unpleasant not unpleasant uncomfortable with the subject would want to say ah that's there's not really a place people aren't actually going there uh, it just means that people die and go in a grave well you'll see what what Jesus said about it and others that really can't be the case I would be happy if that was the case but it's just not it's just not the way things are and so this is uh, those two words Sheol and Hades are what we might call current hell in other words when people die today their spirit leaves their body really their spirit and their soul they go together the spirit and the soul your, your three-part spirit soul and body when your spirit and soul leave your body uh, it's departing and it's going one of two directions 
Okay, um, in these in this regard, you can't trust Hollywood to get it right. A movie might be entertaining, you know, uh, that show dead people walking around. You know what I'm talking about? People, disembodied people, and they're kind of hanging out among us. They're not. They're not. And, uh, you know, these spiritists and mediums and fortune tellers and all this kind of stuff that say, uh, hey, uh, you know, your, your dead aunt is here. And they're and sometimes able to communicate things that were accurate about what they said or what they wore or things like that. They're not here. Those are called, uh, those are called in, the, in the Scripture familiar spirits. Basically, they're demons that have been around for a long time. They know things. And, and they can at times communicate to people uh, information about generations gone past. That's not complex. That's not hard to know. If you know about the spirit realm in general, you get how that works. People do not stay on the planet after they leave their body. They go one of two directions. All right. Let's get back into this. Uh, we talked about Sheol and Hades as being the current place what we would refer to as hell there is another one which i would call future future hell and it's called gehenna gehenna all right and this jesus used this language and it's basically um the ultimate destination of the unredeemed okay people who do not accept salvation accept jesus as the savior they're ultimately ending up in a place called gehenna this is what revelation 20 and verse 14 reads it says, then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So basically, the current place will be cast into Gehenna in the future, and that's the final destination. But this is interesting, um, and it really is kind of a graphic picture of what Gehenna is. Jesus used this word um, when he was teaching, and it's, it's technically, here's what happened, is there was a physical place called the Valley of Hinnon that was used to describe eternal suffering, okay? And Jesus used this, this phrase, this, this valley was a place where children in the past had been sacrificed to this, this fake god Molech, and so it was really an evil place, this valley of Hinnon. When Jesus was walking on the earth doing his teaching, this place was a garbage dump. And there, was a, there were constant fires there. All right. In fact, they would, they would throw bodies there that they didn't have a grave and stuff. They would throw them. They would, be, they would be burned there. And so it had an awful stench. And they said dogs would go in there, wild dogs, and eat flesh and... Yeah, it was it was really nasty. So when Jesus used this word in his teaching, everyone went. Eh. They all knew about it. It's like oh, the Valley of Hinnon, and 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 Jesus used that to describe hell. So it's like I don't sometimes think we have a full understanding. I certainly don't of what hell completely is. But you see some graphic words used to describe it, and you know it's a nasty, stinky, fiery place full of death. It's really just not a, a good place to be. And, and, and so I was asking different questions. 
And, and let me just touch on this. Really, the subject in the Bible is, is quite large, and we could spend hours answering all the questions. Uh, but I asked a couple questions just uh, so we can um, g- improve our understanding. The first one is, where is it? Where is hell? And throughout a large number of scriptures, it tells us, in general, where it is. Okay? Let me read some of those, those to you. Ezekiel chapter 26 and verse 20 reads, Then I will bring you down with those who descend into the pit to the people of old, and I will make you dwell in the lowest part of the earth, in the places desolate from antiquity, with those who go down to the pit, so that you may be ever you may never be inhabited, and I shall establish the glory in the land of the living. So consider those words down, lowest part of the earth, and pit. All right. Isaiah 14, verse 9 and 10 reads, Hell from beneath, where is it? Beneath is excited about you. That's kind of a strange word there. Uh, King James says, Hell from beneath is moved to meet you at your coming. He, he, it goes, To meet you at your coming, it stirs up the dead for you, all the chief ones of the earth. It has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. They shall all speak and say to you, Have you also become as weak as we? Have you become like us? Isaiah 5.14 Therefore, Sheol has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure, the glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he who is jubilant shall descend into it. Everybody getting the picture? Down, descending, Psalm 63, 9. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. All right. Proverbs 15, 24. The way of life winds upward for the wise that he may turn away from hell below. All right, and then, then, and then, uh, let me give you these two verses in the New New Testament. Jesus spoke of it in this same way. Uh, he said in Matthew eleven twenty three, and you Capernaum who are exalted to heaven will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works were done in you had been done in Sodom, they, it would remain until this day. And then Jesus Himself, when He died on the cross, I mean, no, He left His body. He said, uh, He, you know. Into your hands I commend my spirit. And, and, uh, and Jesus left his body. Where did he go? Well, he went down. Later he went up. But first, Jesus went down. And it's, it says in, in Ephesians 4, Now this, he ascended. But what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. So Jesus died and he went down into Hades, and then, you know, once the conquering of death was finished and everything he needed to do was done, then he ascended up, and, and I'll get into that uh, a little, little, little bit later. But this, is, this gives us the idea, hell is beneath, hell is down, hell is a pit, How, hell is in the lowest parts of the earth. I don't know that I can 
fully define that from a physical standpoint. I think, and I'm using my words intentionally, that it is not in the physical so much as it is in the spiritual. Here's what I mean. Could we drill far enough and get there? If, if we had, uh, you know, drilling capabilities to go all the way down. It's like when we were kids, we'd dig on the be- in the beach and in the sand. And then we'd say, I can hear people from China. You know, because that hole is so deep. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I've heard uh, in years past and read stories that I'm highly skeptical of. And th- stories that kind of go like this, that some dr- people were digging and drilling in certain parts of the country. I think one of the stories was said it was in Siberia. And they were drilling way, 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 way down. And they dropped a microphone in there. And they heard screams. They heard people screaming. I don't know about that. Okay. I'm just skeptical of those kind of stories. They're exciting or, you know, not in a good way, but, you know, they're, what's the word? Dramatic. Uh, They get people's attention. Um, I'm not so sure that hell is just in the physical. Just like on the other side. Heaven, which we'll get to later, there's hope. There's hope. Uh, as being a place above, you know, and, and someone scientifically might say, well, above when? At where's the earth? <laughs> At which rotation is it above? Well, I see it more, I believe it's more a spiritual location than a physical. I can't fully explain that, but I don't think if we had a spaceship, we could go to heaven. I don't think if we had the, the exact coordinates, um, we could just board the Enterprise and head there, beam down, you know. Um, no, uh, I don't know exactly where it is from that form. Maybe it's closer than we think, but just kind of, you know, out of phase with our current reality. And so I do my best when teaching on things in the Spirit to try not to include too much Star Trek language. Uh, <laughs> But I just want you to know you might have to weed through it with me and because, uh, you know, it sometimes blends in. All right. Star Trek is not true. Heaven and hell really are. Uh, but it is in the spirit realm. But here's a, here's a question that I think is worthy of exploring. Why is there a hell? Why is there a place of suffering? Why is there this location that, you know, is not a good place? Why was it even created? And without knowing everything, I don't have to know everything to understand some things. But Jesus made this statement in Matthew 25:41 that gives me a glimpse of the purpose of its origin. And this is where he said, Then he will say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. All right? Who was it prepared for? The devil and his angels. In other words, it was not prepared for people. It was not created for human beings. It was created for the devil and his angels. Now, when you, when you go down that road, you think, well, why? And we can understand a little bit, but I don't fully 
you know, claim, I don't claim to fully be able to explain all the events that happened pre-humanity. Um, we have some glimpses in the scripture, but the devil and his angels, they are created beings that at some point in time past rebelled against God. We, we could go down that, we could study scripture from Ezekiel and Isaiah and, and, and show you what, what it says about, about uh, Lucifer being lifted up in pride and basically trying to overthrow God. And that's not going to turn out well for you, no matter who you are, right? And so Satan and his angels got the boot and they were removed from their place. Where are you going to put them? I mean, do you rebel against God Almighty who is all-powerful and all-loving and gave you your very life and breath and it's wonder? Do you rebel against Him and end up in paradise? That doesn't make sense to me. No matter how bad hell is, and I think it's bad beyond my understanding. But it doesn't, it's not even logical to think that, you're gonna, that God creates these wonderful creatures, these wonderful beings, and at some point they try to, they fight against Him. They, they, they turn against their, their God, their Creator, and they end up in a wonder, they end up in Hawaii, you know, or as, you know, or a place that we would think is really nice. Huh? No. And so there was a place created for their habitation. They had to be put somewhere, and it's not going to be a nice place either. Not when you rebel against Almighty God. And so that seems to be the reason it was created in the first place. Um, people, then, who do not accept God's mercy also have to go somewhere. Where, 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 where are you, you going to go? Well, I just think everyone should go to heaven. You can't do that. You can't do that to, uh, where people are fighting against and rebelling against and refuse to receive God's mercy and grace and say, oh, it doesn't really matter, though, in the end. Jesus died for no reason. You get to go to heaven anyway. No. It, it doesn't work. That, that's not logical. I mean, who would, who would even think that way? But they had to be placed somewhere. And so even though it wasn't created for them, it ends up being the habitation, the location, the, the dwelling place of those who reject the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 46, And these will go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous to eternal life. And so, although created for the devil, Jesus said people would go there. A place of everlasting punishment. Say, what's it like? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, just scratching the surface. It's the opposite of heaven. It's the opposite of God. It's the opposite of all that is good. Okay? Think of it this way. There's no love there. There is no joy. There is no peace. There is no laughter. There is no food. You don't get to eat there. There's no water. I could show you that in Scripture, that part. But there's no, there's no hugging there. No one's, no one's being comforted. No one's being embraced. There is no, uh, there's no help. There's no, there, there, there's no, there's no one serving. No one's doing anything for anybody else. There's no good. Basically, there's no presence of God. There's no presence of God there at all. 
Think about it. Uh, think about it this way. On earth, even in the worst of circumstances, people are enjoying to some measure the presence of God. We are. Those of us who have come to know Him and walk with Him to the degree that we walk by faith and not by sight and walk with Him and have a relationship with God, we get to experience greater measures of His goodness, His love, His peace, His mercy. It manifests in our lives and helps us in marriage and helps us in, in, in conducting ourselves here on the planet. But even those who, are, who don't even know the Lord yet, and that might be some of you, uh, if you don't even have a relationship with God, to a degree, you're enjoying God's presence right now. Not just because you're in church, because you're on the planet. It exists here. You think you... Listen, I know people have some rough lives. I know we've all gone through some challenging things. You think your life is hell now? You have no idea. You have no idea. You are living in a, in a measure of God's manifest presence just by being on the planet. Think if that were removed. <gasps> oh, it's not a good place. I remember hearing years ago of a guy who had a dream. It was a heaven and hell dream, but not literal. Okay? He didn't have an experience of going to planet heaven and, you know, or going to Gehenna or Hades or anything. But in this dream, he said he saw two banquet tables. One of them was heaven. The other one was hell. There were people sitting around the banquet tables. There was a great feast on the banquet table. And he said, in the, in, in the one instance, the one table, everyone was happy, they were eating, they were laughing, having a wonderful time, just a great celebration. He said, but at the other table, every, no one was talking, no one was happy, they were all wasting away. They weren't eating, they, it was not a pretty sight. He said something was very interesting. Uh, that the table was mostly what normal like we would think of one except for this all the utensils were really really big they were really really long and so he said what what was happening there then all the people in the heaven table were using their really long utensils think of i don't know maybe like a shovel or something <laughs> pitchfork they're really long utensils and they would scoop up the food and feed someone and they were all doing that for each other. They're like, here you go, and, and here comes mine. And, and, uh, and they were all, it was basically a place of serving. They were all serving one another. He said, but at the other table, it never crossed their mind to do that. And we get a picture of the atmosphere of heaven versus hell. There is no serving there. There is no goodness. There is no thinking of someone else and trying to help them out. Those things are characteristic of the presence of God. The reason any of us are like that at all and we help and serve and give to one another is because of the influence of God Almighty upon our lives. Amen. And so, if a person says, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with God. That's your choice. But understand, there is a place created that has nothing to do with Him. 
It's not a happy place. And it's a reality. My heart and my desire is that our knowledge of this and taking a few minutes to discuss it and, and teach on it uh, would do something in us. It's not like we would use this as a scare tactic. It's just, there are some things that are just true. They're a reality. Jesus, the one who predicted and fulfilled his own death and resurrection, had a lot to say about it. And what it should do for us is what I'm convinced it does to the heart of God, the Father, every day. And that is it breaks it. That is, it should stir up in us a greater and deeper compassion for people to escape that place. Say, can you escape hell? You can right now. There'll be a time when no more decisions are made. But people can escape it today. How? You go, most of you know. You receive the gift. But I don't want to go through life and treat people in such a way, just kind of push it off, you know, bury my head in the sand, and act like it doesn't really matter. It really does matter. And if I love you, I'm not going to, you know, my message isn't, dude, you're going to hell, man. <laughs> no, my message is, God loves you. And God gave His best for you. And if you don't want to receive that, that's the, it's the end part of the message. Yeah? Peter wrote this in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. He said, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What's the Lord's will? That every one of us would repent. Why? So we would enjoy His best and miss what also is there. Amen. I know uh, sometimes people wonder, or they, they, they really th almost think of God in a cruel way. Like, man, He's mean. He's cruel, you know, to allow people to go there. But yet, at the same time, we don't think that of our government. When, when they build prisons. We don't think, oh, they're just wicked. They're just evil. And our government, you know, when, on, human government is not perfect. There's flaws in the system. Yet we still don't think, oh, they're, how could they do that? How could they put people in prison? No, we see that as a necessary part of a fallen society where some people, you know, if you don't put them somewhere, they're going to hurt a lot of people. They're going to do a lot of damage to others. And so we wouldn't think of, but then think of God that way. How could you allow people to go there? Ultimately, you know, it's not His choice. Ultimately, it's our choice. From the very beginning, as soon as mankind sinned against God, blew apart this connection that was designed for all of us to have with Him, He went to work. You go right back to the very first part of the Bible. As soon as sin happened, you know what he did? He started laying out the plan. And saying how the seed of the woman is going to crush the head of the serpent. And that's talking about Jesus, the seed, the, the, the offspring of Mary, coming and basically destroying Satan's authority. 
God had a plan to redeem people so they would not have to be separated. So they would not have to suffer even for their own sins. It is God who sent His only Son who suffered brutally on our behalf. Went to the cross and died so we wouldn't have to go to a place of eternal separation from Him where there is no God. Amen. That's the God we serve. And He loves you and He loves me today. And He wants everyone to know Him. Praise God. Amen, amen. I hope this stirs compassion in you today. Let it. Let, let yourself be moved by it as the heart of God is. Amen. Let's pray today. Father.